Welcome in to the Get Your Happy On Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. Hey, hey, welcome to the Get Your Happy On Hour. I'm your host, Ricky C. Simmons on 93.7 The Ticket. You know, before I get the show started tonight, I got to give a couple quick shout outs. Uh, Brad Taylor, man, I appreciate you tuning in. You and Shauna down there in Forney, Texas. I got to give a real big shout out to Cato Mills, Texas. Uh, Tim Rector, One Director, and Ann Payne. Uh, you guys honored my mother for 42 years worth of service. My mom been in heaven since 2006. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for doing that. And I, I can never repay you for that. I mean, that, that's just very special to me. So I wanted to, I wanted to get that out there right off the top because, uh, Education is very, very important. And my mom spent, I mean, 42 years teaching. And uh, she was the first black teacher when the schools integrated in Cattle Mills. And, man, she, she held it down for as long as she could. And I, for her to be, to be considered a legendary fox for the Cattle Mills Foxes, man, it just, it's, it's got a special spot in my heart. And I just want to again say thank you on air. You know, I'm going to be real honest with you. I got a guest tonight that I'm really excited about. He's a, one of my former Nebraska t- football teammates. And uh, he's got a very, very interesting life, less known career. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right to it. Dr. Jamie Williams, welcome to the show. What's up? <laughs> hey. Ricky Simmons. Hey, listen, the man. The one man that can make somebody miss in the phone booth. <laughs> Say, Hey, uh, Jamie, man, I'll be real honest with you. I, I was, you know, we was out there talking before the show, and I, I was listening more than anything because, dude, you've, man, you've had an interesting life, you know. I, I have. I'm blessed, though. You know no, I mean? but you you really have had an interesting life, and I just want to, I want to give you as much time to, to educate everybody else on what, some of what I know, but sure. I, I want to learn more, too. Sure. So we're going to start at the beginning and go all the way. Oh, you want to do that? Let's do that. Okay. Let's start there. First of all, a little, little closer. Okay. Yeah, a little closer. Yeah. I used to do this back in the day. This back is in cool. the, well, I know you got skills, and we're yeah, gonna yeah, get to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, first of all, I want you to share with everybody where are you from? Okay, so I'm a, I was mid, Midwest raised in Davenport, Iowa. Okay. Quad Cities. What? Yes, yes. Yeah. And Roger Craig living down the street. Right. Depot. You know? Yeah, he was, he was high stepping in kindergarten, but uh, <laughs> I was born in Florida. Okay, uh, Fort Pierce, Florida, and we we moved to Iowa when I was three. Gotcha. And uh, when it started snowing, I was like, "What? What? <laughs> Wait a minute. Why, why are we why are we going back? Right? So, uh, but it was it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Okay, growing up in Iowa, you, uh, if I remember correctly, you went to Central High School, Davenport Central, Davenport Central, Depot, Depot. <laughs> Hey man, uh, I know you had a uh, you had some success athletically, and um, that's how you ended up at the University of Nebraska. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Right. Now, how? Uh, what other schools were interested? Uh, you know, you know, I asked my coach, the late coach Fox, that he's like, like who else? He said, where you where you, where you want? What, what schools are you interested in? I said, well, who's who's interested in me? And he's like, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, was kind of crazy but you know what's crazy is that my mom you know she never saw me play until I was a junior in high school never saw me do anything 
heard Dion talk about that. You know, his parents were, you know, yeah. tired working, you know, they didn't see. So you had to just go out, you know, you played because of your buddies. Yes. And my right. mom didn't see me until the year we won the state, and, and, and the neighbors forced her to go to the playoff game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So she was taking care of her business. That's right. And, and she you, was and tired, you, man. <laughs> you know, I got home, that food was on the, on the plate. And she worked, you know, full time. Well, Jamie, there's so much to your story that I want to get to. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. skip right on into college. Sure. That's when I met you. Yes. Uh, I believe I, um, yes. me and Nate came up here and we were in Abel Hall. Yes. And uh, I think you you was in Abel Hall as well. Now you guys were one year under me, right? Correct. We yes. came we came right behind you. Yes. And um, that's how we kind of initially. And then by me being a wing back, then moving to receiver, we, we had the same position coach. Yes, we Coach did. Gene Huey. Oh Big shout God. out to Coach Gene on. Huey. Come on now. Come on. He was a real deal. <laughs> you know, I, I can tell a story about Gene Huey for the whole show. but we'll, no, no question. Yeah. That guy was special. I have to share this one. He uh, he would always, uh, during that, we had this drill called one-on-one. And uh, we had this defensive end named Jimmy Williams. And, man, look, Jimmy Williams for people that don't know, I mean, y'all get your Google on. This dude was a beast, right? I'm like 155, 160, soaking wet. They talking about Ricky getting a three-point stance and block and, and block Jimmy one-on-one. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, it sounds good. But anyway, it never worked. But <laughs> I can honestly say a couple of times Jimmy felt sorry for me, and he said, look, man, Coach, bring Bring somebody else up here, man, because cause Ricky, man, Ricky too small. I, I, I'm trying to get some work. And Jamie, first one. I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie was about that life. So yeah. thank you for, for saving me. Yes, yes. I appreciate yes. that. But but I got to give it to you. You you would stick your nose in there. Yeah, if but you didn't, man, you know, you wasn't going to play for Gene Huey. Yeah, right. Well, he one thing about him, he was real quick to let you know that if you don't do it or don't try – he had a baseball cap for you. Yeah. You're going to be on the, Side. on the sideline with no, him. No question. Yeah, he ain't, no question. he was a no-nonsense guy. So, I, you know, I, I got respect for him to this very day for that because he made us, basically, he made us who we were because yes. if you didn't, you never played. Yes. And we all wanted to play. Yes, yes, no question. Well, Jamie, you had well, – go ahead. Let me just add something real quick because uh, at the beginning you gave a shout-out to your late mother. Yes. And um, I'm going to give a shout-out to mine. She had That's fair that, that impact on me, and she never graduated from high school. And but yet, when you talk about you know where 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 are you going to go? How'd you pick Nebraska? Well, right. Coach Os, she made soul food for my Coach Osborne. <laughs> she look out the window, she's at that man's here again. Right? <laughs> and it was it was really funny, and, I, and even in my pro days, I would give her you know, a hard time about that because she's like, why do they keep coming up here to see you, right? <laughs> and, and she, because she didn't know, you know, she didn't know uh, any, of, any of that. But one thing she did that was, you know, kind of life-changing for me as a young guy because nobody in my family went to college, so it was kind of, I was like Harry Potter, you know, I didn't know what was, was, was Hogsworth, right? <laughs> like, what, what is that, right? And she told me something when the, the uh, you know, the people would come around, tried to get me to go to Iowa State or Northwestern or something. They'd come and, you know, that we're living in the Quad Cities. And my mom would go, Jamie, just get a degree. Wow. Just get a degree. Wow. She, they, they talk about, well, he's got a pro body. He's going to be, just get a degree. 
Yeah. That, that, and whenever I had a downtime here on campus, I could hear her. Yeah. Just get a degree. Well, uh, you know what? I got to say this, man. I mean, that's why uh, when I mentioned education, we're going to get to that. Sure. But uh, I just wanted to, I thought that was a perfect segue for you because mm-hmm. uh, my mom, I mean, very, very educated lady, uh, master's degrees, uh, school teacher, my mom and dad both in that same class. So they, uh, the, the education was their life, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I'm so honored to have you as a guest. And, and I ha- had to give a shout out to them. I want to go right to, man, you had a, you had a, a college career that was second to none because it got you into the league. I just want to know, basically share with everybody about the time you had in Nebraska and, what did you do right after Nebraska? Yeah, so so I used Harry Potter earlier, and it, it was like you know, you know, he became you know a great wizard, right? And right. He didn't, when he came, he didn't know wizards existed. Okay. They kind of nudged him, hey, you need to come because you got these <laughs> skills, and that was kind of the deal for me. You know, you're you're an honor roll academically, you can play some stuff, and uh, you got to go to college, right? Because it's gonna open up, and it opened it up for Harry Potter. The same thing happened for me. Here, I got here, and I'm like. They say, you got to go see the bursar. And I'm like, what's the bursar? Then I'm staying in Able Dorm. And it's like, I've never, yeah, like people stay in there, you know? Yeah. And then they had girls on the same floor. And I'm like, <laughs> they can do that? <laughs> it worked out okay, though. But, but I, um, it was just eye opening. It was, it was um, you know, obviously the football part I, it, I understood. And I understood right away that. You know, you're either going to be the hammer or you're going to be the nail. Correct. And you had to step Correct. up because it was challenging. I mean, we were in the top five, you know, every year. And I was a young guy, and I knew I had to cook in the oven. And um, But you, 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 you live for those challenges. Right. But then academically, there were so many choices. In, 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 and uh, I remember these young ladies from um, African-American lady, uh, students that were older than me from uh, Omaha Central. Okay. So I liked them because they went to Central too. Right? Yeah. They Central. <laughs> Central. And I can Depot remember Central, Omaha yeah. Central, Ellen, Patty, yeah, yeah, Madeline, absolutely. And, absolutely. And and they did something that was really interesting. That was beyond the advisors that um, that I had. They they look at my transcript or my class schedule, and they're like, "No, no, you don't need to be in that class. Take that out. Too smart for that. You need to do this. You're not taking underwater basket weaving." You're going to take this. And they would just, they were, I was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. They were older. Right, you know? right. And they, they were like, this is what you need to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And they kind of guided me, you know? And 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 um, it was good. And and, and the culture was good because it was, it was the culture within the culture. Like right, I had, right. I had the, the football team and then we had the campus culture. We interacted with students really well. There was no like separation. Correct. Yeah, I think we interacted with everybody, even just everybody. people in the community. I had people in the band that was in my class that would come over to the part we were rapping. I was like, dude, how do you play that, right? <laughs> and they're like, how did you catch that, right? How did you catch that pass? And it was, uh, we were all like students. We are all Huskers. There wasn't right. no separation. Right. From my experience. No, no, I mean, and, and that was, it, it was, that's true. I mean, because I had friends that had nothing to do with sports. Yeah. You know, I mean, I met him in the dorm. So check this. So so I, a classmate talked me into trying out journalism. 
And I this brings me back here. This is this is what I was doing when I left practice. Right? You was going I unplugged and I was in there and I was DJing on KRNU 90.3 FM. <laughs> this is the ice man. You know? Yeah. And it was it, it it brought me into, you know, finding myself. Because okay. I was doing something I knew because I was like, what's journalism? Right. And then I really learned it. Now, Jamie, I want you to share uh, about when school ended for you in college. When college ended, <clears throat> you didn't just stop there. Right. You kept, you, I mean, you, naturally, you went on into the NFL. And I want to talk about your NFL career for just a minute, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, first of all, how long did you play in the NFL? I played 12 years. 12 years with? With uh, the Houston Oilers. Okay. And, and the um, 49ers. I think you got a ring with them 49ers. I man. did. That's what I, I thought. I'm talking about Super Bowl ring, yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was. And it was kind of interesting because I, w- I was used to championships. The first time I ever had a experience of losing season was my first year in the pros, first and second year in the pros. And elementary, no losing seasons. Junior high, none. High school, none. Definitely Nebraska, zero. Right. Right. We right. didn't always win the championship, but we were in it. Right. Right? Yeah. And then um, I, I experienced losing. But then I saw what it took for us to become winners, you know, at that level. Right. Right. right and right. then obviously the Niners was, was very used to it. And, and, and there's a commonality there. You know, I don't care if you're playing baseball, if you're playing Little League, uh, how the win is, is universal. Well, speaking of that Niners team. Yes. Man, you had some very high-profile teammates. No question. Yeah, because uh, no I'd like for you to just share with them some of the people that you played with. Okay, yeah, so, so, uh, but before I do that, let me go back in okay. my Houston days because that's when I came out of college and I'm seeing skyscrapers for the first time. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> they had no skyscrapers in Depot, man. No, they had, we had some nice hills and we had, the, we had that great river, you know, Mississippi. Uh, but but I, I get there and, and I, where I, I became – like really myself, young man in the world, right? And I right. had some great guys there. And I got to the same time as Warren Moon. Okay. And so we became close buddies. And this week coming up, we have a reunion of the Oilers. Ah. Right. So Moon and all, they all have been texting me like we were all going to be there. And this Sunday when the the Titans play, who are the Oilers, right. when they play, they're going to wear original Oiler uniforms. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. That's big. So, so by the time I go to the Niners, you know I'm a vet. You know, I, you know I can I can play the game. It it was easy. Slow it down. I was like I I know what to do. Right. I'm coming to make plays. Right. Which right. is what you had to do here to get on the field. You had to freaking make plays. Oh yeah, yeah. Or oh, you yeah. over there with a baseball cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wishing and hoping. Yeah. So I get there and and I was kind of an enigma because I kind of I was a free spirit, did my own thing, and I come there. And I got dreads. And a lot of those guys that see me play, and I was the only guy in the league with dreadlocks. And so when I get there, they're all, like, staring at me, you know? <laughs> and Roger's, Roger Craig is down a few stalls, and he's just laughing, man. <laughs> but my locker was right next to Jerry Rice. Okay. And we became very, very close. Very right. close. Because, you know, it's just like me and you. You know, you're the yeah. flanker on the tight end. Right, And right. I was, uh, I was uh, the Navy SEAL. I mean, I was a hunter-seeker. Yeah, and Rice found that out, and he's like, he would come over to me, in the huddle, and he'd say, "Hey, you know, you know, number number twenty over there, man. He's talking a lot of noise, 
you know, he, he's, I, see, I said, oh, he's a little frisky, huh? <laughs> I said, I got him. Go ahead. I got him. <laughs> so, and back then, there was no, the, the rules were different. So right, I, I, right, was hunting, right. I was hunting cats. You know, you, you mess with rice. Yeah. <laughs> and then Joe Montana lived down the street from me. Okay. Right? And so we used to ride to work together. And he was an awesome, when you talk about leadership, and you're talking about having vision, you know? I mean, if you look at him, he had little calves and buggy whip arms. Yeah. But the dude could ball out. He knew how to be in the moment and control the moment. Yeah, well, the record speaks for that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah he and that was a great receiver. He kind of reminded me of you a little bit, uh, John Taylor. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, very, yeah. Very yeah, quiet, yeah. very quiet, but boy. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Ricky quiet? <laughs> you just said that with a straight hey, face? Hey, 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 Austin, I wasn't always like I am, good, man. Good point, good point. Yeah, yeah, he can't, well, he started out really quiet. Let's just say that. <laughs> but once he got that confidence, yeah, it was yeah. a whole new ballgame. But, you know, uh, I was sitting there thinking, man, I mean, you had uh, – you had all these these great teammates. You, you went to the Super Bowl. I mean, those are accomplishments that a lot of people don't even get an opportunity. Sure. You know, and you you took advantage of it. And I respect that, you know. But I think more than anything, what I respect about your, you know, your career is, yeah, you played ball and you did, you took care of your business. But you had some, you was kind of different from a lot of your teammates. I was. You know, I mean, not only I with was. the dreads, because yes. I've heard stories, man. Yeah, yeah. You know I've heard stories. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the stories. Wait, was, is, it, was it the Purple Rain party I used to go? <laughs> no. <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to know, I want to hear from you, man. What's up with Spider-Man? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That was, okay, so <laughs> that was, you know, you, you're good. You, keep, you need to keep doing this. So. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so, so, so what made me different, in my opinion, what made me kind of a free spirit, um, and, and it's kind of where I, I, I got my ethical bit, like do, try to do the right thing, because okay. I was well-read. I read books. I read comic books. I read books, I mean, all the time. And, and I, I emulated my mother. My mother would read. She didn't, she didn't have a high school degree, but she would be reading. She was always sitting there reading. You know, and I would get some when I was little. I'd get something. I couldn't read the words, but I'd act like I was her. Ah, gotcha. Right? Gotcha. And then when I got into school, and this is why I give Iowa, growing up in Iowa, so much uh, a thumbs up because books were pushed on me. And so when I, when I read, my world expanded. And I'm like, you know, my first one was Call of the Wild, you know. And <laughs> it, was, it was the buck and, you know, the dog and the, the relationship. And, and I really got into that, so I was looking for other books, and I kept reading, I kept reading. And then comic books um, uh, was, was kind of a way to get a quick fix, right, because it was always about the hero. Correct, right? correct. And so I would always do that. And so when I took it, I was doing that here in Nebraska, but everybody's reading, right? Yeah. So nobody really paid attention to all the comic books I had, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I was a reader. I was reading Dune, you know, all the novels while I was here playing ball in college, right? And so... I get to the pros, I'm still doing it. And here's an interesting story. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm there, I'm reading, I'm trying to get myself up because I know I got to, you know, I got to go up against some bad guys, right? Right. I'm, I'm the hero, you know, I got, I got special <laughs> powers, right? I got to turn loose so special. I got to put the mask on, you know, Spidey mask. And so I, I'm, we're on a plane going to play, I don't know, Philly or somebody. And Warren Moon used to sit with, we sit together. And I had all these comic books laid out, right? And he just shake his head. I said, you want to read this? <laughs> <laughs> and so 
And so I, and the guys would come by and they just look at it, just left me alone and I'd read. And this reporter walked through, right? Okay. And he, and, and he was going to the bathroom and he looked down at me and he didn't say nothing, but I could see the look on his face. He looks down and he just keeps walking. The next day he says, talk comes to my locker, talks about the game. And he says, hey, by the way, uh, was those comic books on the plane? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, tell me the story. And I, I tell him what I tell, I'm telling you. He says, well, if we lived in that world where there were superheroes, which one would you be? <laughs> I said, seriously? I said, I'd be Spider-Man. <laughs> because when he didn't have his mask on, he was a normal guy. He was Peter Parker trying to get a job, trying to get a girlfriend. <laughs> I was like, that was me, right? But when he put that mask on, you know, the spider sense are tingling. Yeah. It always warned me a, jan uh, a danger. I had to have sticky hands, and tight ends need that, right? Right, And right. I had the proportional strength and speed of a spider. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just telling this guy, like, we're talking. He wrote it. He wrote about it, right? Wow. So the next the next day, it says, Williams aspires to be super, or aspires to be superhero. <laughs> and so I go into practice, so all these guys, as soon as I get into the meeting, they start, as soon as I walk in, they start singing that tune. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider does whatever a spider can. Spins the web. And I was like, no way. And then they show me the paper, right? Uh, and so that yeah. went national. Wow. So today I would have got a lot of NIL money on that one. Yeah, yeah. You could have been rich way before. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I mean, did you ever really dress up like Spider-Man? Um, I did for uh, Halloween. Okay. So I'd ride, I had this motorcycle, so I'd dress up as Spider-Man. <laughs> I'd ride around, and I'd go to the clubs because disco was still big, right? And I don't think I ever – I got my butt pinched so many times, you know. <laughs> Nobody laid claim, but they did, right? And and uh, uh, I, I would wear it – I wore it for an HBO special. Okay. had me transfer. Now, here's a good one. This is for the comic book lovers out there. Hold that thought right there. Hold that thought. Hey, look, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Get to Happy on Hour with Jamie Williams. Your happy on hour featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. And we're back. Hey, before we go on with the with the comic story, I gotta give a big shout out to my big brother Otis Lee and Benjamin Hook. I appreciate you checking in as well. Yo, we gotta get right back to that. What were you saying about the comic story, man? Comic book, well, Spider Man. Well, well, first of all, Otis Lee, my man. What's <laughs> up, man? <Dino>! Yes, yes. <laughs> Still can't believe you left me as a roommate, man, and went and moved in with your girlfriend. But anyway, <laughs> um, but anyway, that's another story for another day. Okay, okay. So, so the Spider-Man deal. So, so I, I always did this, so it was natural for me. But it took off, right? And everybody's like, people start sending me comic books, and and and, and I mean, like collectors. Wow. wow. Okay. Just, right. People started at the stadium. Would they used to call it Jamie's Corner? You know, with, with with both the Niners and the Oilers, and people come with blow up dolls up <laughs> Spider Man, right? So 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 the, it gets started to get around the league. So we go to play the New York Giants, and 
and I get I'm in the locker room pregame. You know, you get you get your game face on stuff. And I always wore a uh, Spider Man T-shirt underneath my pads, okay, just to get me in, that, in that mood, right? And 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 so these guys come in. They say, "You got to get to the field, man. Come on, you need to come out the field." I say, "Dude, I, I don't go out this early." No, Jamie, you need to come out. <laughs> you need to go out. So I go out in Meadowlands. I go out in the stadium, and there's a guy out there in a full Spider-Man costume, and he's holding something. And they call me, and they got photographers. It was sent by Stan Lee, who created Spider-Man. Wow. Stan Lee is the legend, right? Wow. So he, he, until he died, he was always guest guest performances in, in the Marvel movies. You know? Okay, yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, so, so I'm... Uh, I, I go out there, you know. I got my dress, I got my Spider Man, I got my uh, deal in, and I, I, uh, my, my t shirt, and they give me an autographed picture of Stan Lee calling me Spider Man. Wow. And with the Spider Man guy, right? What? And then what they did on top of that, they put me in the comic book. With, Seriously? Yes, with, with Peter Parker talking to Mary Jane, and he's sitting there watching me, like, doing an interview on TV. They drew it. Right, they, yes. they do it. Me talking on the TV with the dress. He says, "Mary Jane, I can't go out. I can't go out today. I got. I got to hook up with my friend Jamie Williams." Jamie made the comic books, man. They went nuts, man. Oh man, so, hey, you know what, Jamie? Uh, <laughs> I, I laugh every time I think I hear stories about some of the stuff you did because I still got memories too. <clears throat> from you know, and we don't, I don't want to go back too far, but I gotta say this. You was the only guy, I think, on the team in college that, that rode a moped at one time. That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's like, dude, why are you on a moped? Like, <laughs> so my first car ever was when I got my first contract in the NFL. It was okay. my first car. So I had a bike that here to get around, and it got stolen. So I was like, God, they cut the chain and everything. So <laughs> moped had a key, uh, right? Yeah. And so uh, uh, it was one of the teammates uh, – Dad said, hey, why don't you get a moped? And he sold me a moped, and that thing got, I was all over Lincoln, man. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I went on dates with a moped, <laughs> which, which, of course, became a campus joke. Yeah, well, you, I'll say this, Jamie. You you always had something going on. I did. But no. you know what, man? I, I also, I was just sitting there thinking, uh, I would like to talk about, uh, you had a part in a in a movie production. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us exactly what the name yeah. of that is and, and how it all came about? Well, that goes back to Lincoln, Nebraska. Matter of fact, it goes back to Central High School because okay. I got pushed to, uh, not pushed, but inspired to be, you know, while I'm the All-American in basketball, All-American football, I got pushed to be the captain of the Poetry Club huh. at high school, you know, Central okay. High. And because of, you know, putting words together, right? Right. And so then I came here and I got into journalism. And at the time, journalism, I mean, the program was great. The program's still great. I mean, I'll push anybody to get into the program and, and learn, right? Uh, gotcha. Um, how to express themselves. Well, it was radio, so we had to do this. It was television. You had to be able to produce a newscast. They taught you that. Run the camera, run the switchboard, and you had to be able to shoot film. So we were running around campus shooting on Super 16, and and we had to edit ourselves to oh not digitally, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and and so so I learned it right. Okay. And then when I when I got to the Niners, you know, I got my master's, you know, in journalism and film. 
right? Okay. And so then uh, I got I retired and got into the doctorate program because I knew I wanted to do that. And I was I was really um, I still had gas in the tank. I could have played three or four more years because I I retired healthy. And gotcha. and and this guy called me and said, "Hey, Oliver Stone wants to do a sports film. We heard you write screenplays. You know, are you interested?" And I hung up on him. <laughs> You know, you he was joking you know, or something. You know, yeah. teammates, you know, yeah. uh, mess with you. I thought that, and he calls back. Says, "No, no, no, call this number back. I'm in L.A. Da, 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 da. You need to, this is who I am." And so, the guy said, "Hey, Oliver wants to make a, a, a football movie. He's looking at scripts, and he doesn't, he doesn't like anything." He said, "Do you have anything?" I said, "Well, yeah, I'm really into sci-fi and medieval. Why didn't he do that, man? I could write some good stuff there." He said, "No, no, no. You understand? Oliver can get, he can get a movie done." And he wants to do sports. He said, can you send me anything? And I says, okay, give me an hour. I'll send you a treatment. And the treatment is like a, like a short story, right? Okay. So what okay. the story but You know, aging quarterback gets replaced by hip urban uh, uh, quarterback, needs to learn how to do leadership. He's, he's going up against the old school coach who is old school. Both mm-hmm. need to change their way for the team to move forward in leadership. Their leadership. Wow. So if you look at Willie Beeman, that was his deal. He had to become a leader. And Al Pacino had to, had to change with the, the, that coach had to change with the times. So I send that to him. They call me back in an hour. I, Oliver says he got a ticket for you. Can you come to L.A.? So I said, "Is that a trick question?" So I go down there, and the next day I'm pitching the idea to Oliver Stone. And you were, exactly what were you pitching? Well, that the treatment, like like basically, he said, "I love your treatment. Give me more. I need more." And so in film school, unless you go to UCLA or USC, they don't really teach you how to pitch. You know, okay. All right, because you okay. you supposed to do it as an artist, right? Right. right. And so, so I pitched it because I know football, and I studied Fellini, and I studied Bergman and Eisenstein, and so I start. And these guys in the room, like, whoa, this is why you do the movie. This is the first. This is the first act, second act. This is the play. Here's the dramatic tension. Here's the audience. And I start going through all that. This is how it fits the three act structure. Da 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 da. And I says, but it is the NFL, and there's a dark underbelly. And if you can't go there, don't do that movie you'll get laughed off the stage. Right, right. And he says, I said, it's pretty much how you did Platoon, right? Mm-hmm. It's not John Wayne running down, you know, not getting hit by any bullets. It was real dark. I mean, that's the NFL. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, oh, absolutely. it's carnage, right? Survival of the fittest. So um, he said, I love it. And he hired me to write the initial screenplay. And then I ended up being an actor in it. Uh, and that was, that was not what my goal was, but... Yeah, but I knew how we talk in the huddle. Right, right, right. Right, and then I was uh, a technical director. Like, yeah. Would you or uh, could you tell us what the name of the film ended up being? Uh, any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. So, so I'm, you know, I'm rocking. Wow. Right? So, so it was all the producer, creative people, you know, for for a couple years, and then the day we we shot, it's Jim Brown, it's Cameron Diaz, it's Al Pacino, it's James Woods, it's Matthew Modine, it's uh, uh Bill Bellamy. Uh, 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 who else? I mean, there's a whole host of other actors in it, and it was an amazing experience. Was Was Jamie Foxx in that? But he was Jamie Foxx. Yes, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And he played quarterback in 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 uh, high school, so so it worked out good. Man, you know that right there. Uh, that that film won some some awards or something. Yeah, it did. It was very good because it 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 showed us what football that football isn't Disney. Yes, it gave the insight. Yeah, for for yeah. the grown men, right? Right. That play right. that game, and we're the we're the modern day gladiators, right? Yeah, and it's not is you know it's 
it's not kind. It's kind of unforgiving. Well, you know, I I think it was very uh, the timing of it was perfect because at that time they were painting this picture that it was all glamour and yes. everything. But now here's the other thing, Ricky. The, my master thesis was on the black quarterback. Oh, okay. and then I played with Warren Moon and I played with Turner Gill and Nate. Right, right. right so I right. know what they thought about. I know their struggle. I know their, you know, uh, you know where their angst was. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so you saw that in the Beeman character. And so I'm 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 proud today to see that uh, the game has evolved where, where anybody who can play, I don't care what your color is, where Correct. you come from, as whether you can move the ball and whether you can lead. Wow, man. You know, I mean, the game has come a long ways from, from back in when we were in college. Come on now. Yeah. And, uh, and before that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was always – the quarterbacks out in high school always had to switch to DB, yes, or yes, receiver or something. Yes. Everything except quarterback. Yes, you know. Yes. So to see them guys currently uh, being in position to play. I have another position. screenplay that's like Paramount's looking at right now because I still write. Oh, okay, right? okay. What's that, this about? It's about a quarterback. Okay, okay. Yeah, but but he has blonde hair, blue eyes. Ah, and and Warren Moon and Tony Dungy. And Herm Edwards are like, they played during that time and they said this dude was the real deal. So this was a guy who was before um, Montana, before Young, before Elway, yeah. before Brady. Brady and, yeah. and he was that in the 70s. And this is when the 70s was still the 60s. And a lot gotcha. of these young people don't know that. 70s didn't happen, as we know, until like mid-70s when disco yeah. happened. Yeah, true. Okay, That's true. when it became the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is a quarterback that 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 did well during that time, against all odds, and he was going to be the first pick in the NFL draft, um, and he died of cancer like two months before the uh, the draft. Wow! But he played in the hula bowl, played the last game. He was he 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 was the the cancer had taken over his body. I mean, he was like a drowned rat, but he he balled out in that game. That was his final game. Wow! His name was Joe Roth. Joe Ross. So you you've already written this, or you're oh right? yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so yeah. so there's a potential another movie coming, is what you're saying? Well, you know, uh, yes, it's there. I own the rights. I've written it. You know, it's it's kind of timing in film, and it's got to be kind of a market for it, and somebody wants to do it. Right, right. right. So I have that, and I have a number of screenplays because that's kind of my out. Gotcha. I love story. Gotcha, gotcha. So and that, you know about us? Yeah. No, it's about the stories we can tell. Yes, right. And a lot of them we cannot tell on the air. But. Well, you're right about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, man? I, I just think that's special. And, and I'm just sitting here listening to you. You went on, um, and I remember something else about you that I wanted to ask you about, too. <laughs> you went on to San Francisco, and you went to a university that didn't even have athletics. Yes. yes. And yes. can you share with the, with everybody what you did or what you accomplished at that yeah, school? Yeah. I tell people, and I tell the young people this, is to get as much experience as you can. Now, obviously, books are a way to take you beyond the seven blocks you grew up on. They can take you anywhere. You know, Correct. They can take you into the future, into the past. And then you have to get out there, and you have to, you have to do things. To, and that's how you understand how the dots connect. spent my life in a locker room, so I understand the locker room, and I learn, understand the player, and I understand the history of the game and where it's going. And, but but, but uh, it's all tied to other athletes. Athletics. Just right. football is the gladiator, but they're all synonymous, right? In right. terms of competition. Right. So 
So I was looking to do my my directorial debut of another story I wrote called Between <laughs> Fire and Ice. It was a love story uh, in athletics, and I was and we our funding fell through, and I get a call from the uh, the the um, president of the Academy of Art, Art University in San Francisco, which is a lot like NYU. It's, it's, it's all over the city of San Francisco, and it's the largest art school in the, in, in the United States, and it's the only one that's a university. And, and she calls me, she said, her assistant calls, says she, she wants to do dinner with you. And I, was, I kept putting them off. Because <laughs> and, and, I was just like, she wants some autographs, she wants some diner tickets, I don't know, right? Yeah, right. And so I finally, I finally do it. Like, like the AD at San Jose State said, hey, Jamie, please, please go to dinner with her. I said, okay, okay, fine. So we go up to North Beach and we're having dinner. And she looks at me and she says, her name is uh, Lisa Stevens, Dr. Stevens. Big shout out to Dr. Stevens. That's right. <laughs> and she goes, I want to do, I want to do athletics. And I go, okay. Now I had, I have, I have been. This so, is an art school? Yes, art school. Right. So, you know, over, you know, 15,000 students. So the deal is. Uh, you know, I had been consulting with high tech companies. I was around, around a lot of startups and and consulting, and so I understood. And it was a time when Silicon Valley was really, you know, it was it was the place, mm -hmm. it was the center of the universe. Right. And so startups were popping up like daisies, right? So this is a startup within an institution. So she's talking to you. I got that startup mindset when she's talking to me, and I go, "You want to do athletics?" I said, "Okay. Um, do you want to do club?" Uh, do you want to do intramural? What, what, what are you? She said no, like Stanford or Cal. Wow. I said well, okay. So I said, well, there's 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 a hard there's a big startup cost to start a program like that. She said, oh, we got that. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, well, there's recurring costs, right? You know, yeah. the, you know, because you know, until you get a, a fan base. She says, I understand. Wow. And I says. Well, okay, this is the type of, you know, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. This is the type of person you need to get. You need to get a person who's not afraid, who's because who, nobody wants you in, and very few people are going to help you. They're not looking for artists to be athletes, you know, because it's not everybody gets a trophy. It's competitive. So you got to find somebody that knows that, willing to push that boulder up the hill, start it out by themselves, and then bring others in and get them to the tipping point. And if you do that, they said, because I, I know a lot of athletes, and a lot of them are closet artists. So they're out there. And you got to know somebody that knows that and go recruit those kids. And I'll tell you what, and knows competition. How do you win? You know, I played for Tom Osborne. You know, Correct. Fox at Central High School. I know how to freaking win. I can get out of bed know how to win. I knew that. But <laughs> yeah. I wasn't saying that. I was just giving her advice. Right, right. And she looks at me, she orders me another Tangerine Tonic and says, <laughs> <laughs> says, when can you start? Uh, I was like, oh my you're God. hired. I'm like, oh my God. I said, well, you know, let me talk to a couple of my mentors and 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 I'll get back to you. But if I do this, you can't blink. And wow. she looks at me, she leans into me, she says, I'm not blinking. Wow. Hold that thought. Hey, look, we're gonna take one more break. We'll be back with Dr. Jamie Williams. Get your happy on hour featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. Hey, we back. 
man, she had, she got you another drink, man, and then she <laughs> said, when can you start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I, I, had a, I had a brief conversation with my, my mentors. It's like, absolutely, you're in that environment. You got support. So, and I started going on a plan because I had a vision for it. It's, I started, it was a me, me, um, uh, a computer and a desk, you know, no nickname or anything. So I had to do the things I had to do to create internally momentum. Right, okay. get people to understand what I was doing, and then I start hiring young people gotcha. who weren't afraid, gotcha. and we start building it. And then within four years, we had to find a conference. We do that within, and and, and as a leader, you got to be able to predict the future. So I predicted gotcha. the future for them, gotcha. right? And we achieved it, and we basically within four years won about I don't know ten conference championships and two national championships. Wow! And, and uh, what all sports did you have? We had everything except aquatics and um, and football. Wow. So we have the, all the main, you know, soccer, you know, tennis, golf, basketball. You know, basketball was our big one, okay. volleyball. Okay. And we, we were good for a Division Two program. And we had the best uh, logo. And you created this from zero. Zero. Wow. Yeah. I got to ask you one, one last question before we get ready to wrap up. But uh, I just wanted to ask you, man, what message do you have for the current athletes today? Uh, my current athlete, well, look, especially here in Lincoln, is to be – to be unicorn, become unicorns, become uh, renaissance people. Don't do more than what you're doing because it will help you on the field, will make you a critical thinker. And the way you do this, there's a program on campus that a lot of people, some people know about, but not of them. It's called the Reichs Program. And I would challenge a number of them to try to get into that. It's, it's a mixture of computer scientists, uh, uh, engineers, and business. Okay. That's the future. Gotcha. And, and that's the future in our sport. Right, correct, correct. And so yeah. the kids can come in there, and it'll it'll take them away, and it'll make them better players, and make them more rounded, and it'll make them ready for the world. And that's for people even after football is over or athletics is over. That's they, right. They'll have something to go on. They they will have uh, the whole world will open up to them. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, again, man, I, I can't thank you enough, <laughs> man, for coming in. This is, this has been awesome, man. You get Ricky Simmons the ball, he'll make you miss in a phone booth. Know that. <laughs> hey, but that's only because I'm allergic to contact, you know? Oh, gotcha. I, I don't like getting touched, man. I mean, I was not blessed to be the size of Jamie Williams, you know, who run around looking for contact. I, I was just the opposite. I was trying to avoid contact. I just ate more corn, cornbread. Than yeah, you well, man, I mean, but I seen you. you. You go out there, you're almost like a crash dummy. You're looking for contact. Oh, uh, no question. <laughs> and that's what the tight end and should so, do. Exactly. And, you know, and I was just the opposite. I was trying to make you miss every chance I get. I figured the less contact, the better off I was. And you, and, and you always had, you know, some dates lined up. So you had to stay, you know, you had to stay <laughs> pretty, you know. <laughs> yeah, it had to be, you had had no to be problem somebody. With that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, everybody, I want y'all to understand something. You know, I, again, I got to shout out Cattle Mills again. Thank you for honoring my mother, man. I mean, that's one of the most important things to me. Uh, I can't thank you enough for that. And Brad Taylor, man, keep doing your thing. You and Shauna, man, I'm proud of you down there in Forney, Texas, man. And the next time I come that way, we're going to get together and go get our eat on. But, you know, I also want people to understand something. You can be more than an athlete. You can be a, a very productive member of society, and there are so many other ways you can do it. So just keep that in mind. Do, do not put every all your eggs in one basket, as my mother used to say, you know, be, she would always say, be like the rabbit. When one door closed, run out the other one. 
you know, have more options than that. Just one thing. So, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday night. I actually got Rodney Lewis as my guest next Sunday night. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that'll nice. be really yeah, interesting. Give a shout-out for me and, and all for our late uh, friend, Russell Gary. Russell Gary, absolutely. And a big shout-out to Nate Mason. Every day you blessed to see, it truly is another day in paradise. And no matter what, you got to get your happy on. <laughs> Thank you. Do! Thank y'all for tuning in.